in this series, we're doing something a little bit different than our normal podcast. I'm bringing you interviews with entrepreneurs. Today, we have Natalia Zacharin. This is Vicki Wu, and as always, we're talking about the best tips for marketing your small business. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to be notified of the latest updates. In 2018, after years of working at other firms, Natalia opened her own firm, Zacharin Consulting, a firm dedicated to empowering businesses to understand and interpret the financial health of their business and significantly improve their bottom line. Using a blend of personal service and expertise, Natalia's goal is to bring her expertise and knowledge to her clients in a meaningful way. Zacharin Consulting offers strategic bookkeeping, monthly accounting, remote CFO services, and financial intelligence programs to help businesses thrive, stay organized, save time, and give them peace of mind. In these uncertain times, Zacharin Consulting strives to stay on top of the latest information regarding the COVID-19 relief programs and is now offering consulting and loan preparation services and helping businesses navigate the complex landscape very complex landscape of government assistance. So Natalia, it's great to have you here and share a little bit about how you started your business. Thank you, Vicki. It's great to be here. I started my business about, it'll be two years this year that I started my business. And I, um, I was working for another firm and I decided that I really wanted to do a lot more. I felt like I was being pigeonholed to a certain degree and I wanted to give a lot more and do a lot more and learn and be challenged. Uh, I'm also a single mom, so I wanted some flexibility in what I do. Uh, and most of all, I felt the need to really help people. Uh, I need that why, that purpose in what I do. And I didn't feel that I was really uh, feeling that I was helping people when I was working for someone else. And now there's a very direct correlation to helping people being my own entrepreneur and working directly with other entrepreneurs. That's one of my favorite parts about being an entrepreneur myself is helping others, helping other entrepreneurs. So you mentioned how you got your business started. Tell me a little bit about your background and the expertise that you've learned along the way that you bring to your clients. I've always loved numbers. I was an engineering major uh, way back when, and I uh, love the analysis, the analytical part, I feel that with accounting, it's a puzzle uh, and a combination of analyzing the numbers and understanding how they all fit together and the different picture that they start creating. I was working, I actually fell into accounting by accident. I was in sales, a sales executive for Reynolds, and then I was a stay-at-home mom. And while I was a stay-at-home mom, I went through a divorce and needed to return back to the workforce. There weren't a lot of jobs available and I kind of fell into this job and I uh, was able to do work in their finance department. So um, while I was there, I got to work on QuickBooks. They had a separate company, so I learned QuickBooks. I learned several other accounting platforms, NetSuite and Microsoft Great Plains, and got to do, because it was a small company, I got to do a lot of different things and really understood how important it was to understand the finances of a business and how it runs. And that's how I fell into accounting. <laughs> I like that people like you love playing with the numbers. 
well, I know how to do it. I took courses as part of my business degree in school, obviously, and I can, and I love analyzing data, but I'm not a big fan of, for some reason, accounting, especially of putting all the data in and keeping track of it. And even then, sometimes I know entrepreneurs may not even know if they've got the data and reports how to use the information. So it's great that there's people like you who enjoy that and are good at that so that we can keep those tabs on our business that we need to. Tell exactly. me a bit about how your business has grown from the time it started to now. Very interesting story. I thought that uh, it would take off a little bit quicker than it did, um, but I guess looking back, it took off pretty quickly. It's very hard when you're in the grind and doing it because you are working a lot of hours and trying to figure out what really works and how to build that momentum. I, um, I got my first client a few months after I started and uh, I only I was still working full-time and I was my first clients were on the West Coast so it was perfect because I could work a full day and then come back and still work with my clients and it didn't interfere with my job. Last summer in August I only had a few clients I only had about four clients and not even enough to cover my mortgage payment yet and I decided I'm all in I'm just gonna either sink or swim and I quit my job and started uh, just really focusing on my business. And within two months, I tripled my business. And then within a few months after that, and um, actually the beginning of this year, I more than doubled it again. So, and I was on track to do very well this year. And I guess we're, I'm still I'm still hoping to be on track because uh, we're all going through this crazy time. Uh, but it's a little low right now. Uh, with working and, and trying to pivot and trying to help people in a different way. I find it interesting. I started mine sort of as a side gig as well. I had given notice at my employer, but I give them like six months notice. I was in a CMO role and usually the C-level roles, you kind of need more time to find replacements. But I started building some of mine on the side during that time, getting things ready. And one thing I noticed is that when I did have my final day and went all in, kind of like you mentioned, that's when I was able to focus and grow. Tell me though, so we can share with some of our podcast audience, when you were starting it on the side, kind of as a side gig, how did you keep focused and maintain enough time in your week, especially, you know, you said you have kids, you had a full-time job. How are you able to maintain that focus and have enough hours to start growing it on the side? <laughs> I don't know if I had enough hours. I don't think I slept uh, very much. Um, I gave up a few things. I decided to focus and do this now, I was uh, very uh, adamant about exercise before I started my own business, and a lot of that dropped off. I still exercise, but I didn't exercise every day. I used to exercise every single day. So I had to make choices. I worked uh, weekends and evenings late into the night, and I knew that this was temporary just to grow the business. And so every time when I had those days where I felt like, why am I doing this? I'm working a lot more hours and making less money than I've ever made before and working more than I've ever done before. You just have to overcome that feeling and keep going. It's the momentum. And sometimes you don't feel the momentum building. It's like 
it's like a tree growing. You don't see the roots growing at first until it starts sprouting leaves and it starts to grow bigger. Building a business is like building the roots first and you don't even necessarily see the growth yet. I was working a lot, uh, I'll be honest. <laughs> I think that's one of the biggest maybe myths that some people when they jump into entrepreneurship for the first time, this is not my first go round, but they... <laughs> kind of assume, oh, I'll only have to work, you know, four hours a week and I'll make a million dollars and I won't have to do anything else. And we know that's not the case. Entrepreneurs often work harder than if you had a full-time job. Yes, absolutely. It, um, it has to, you have to be passionate about it and you just have to keep going. You can't give up. I actually keep one of my motivational quotes. I have it two places. One is, I have a strip of, you know, the washi tape that people use like in scrapbooking and I wrote a motivational quote and it is actually on my computer laptop right under the screen. I have it taped there. So all day while I'm working, even if I'm not directly looking at it, I'm hoping subconsciously it sinks in. And then I have a routine on, I'm going to say the name and it's not turned off, on Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, stop. And when I tell her to start my day, I've added that quote. There's a way you can add some of your own things that she'll read. And so she reads me that motivational quote every morning. But yes, just like you, you have to entrust that you're building the growth and then it will start, it'll start sprouting, it'll start snowballing, things will, good things will happen. I'm a firm yes. believer. Of yes, you really have to believe and you have to see the end point. I feel the same way about business finances. It's like a GPS system where it pinpoints exactly where you want to go and then you kind of backtrack and reverse engineer that to where you are today. It was a lot harder than I thought it would be. I almost feel like it was uh, like having children. People told me having children was hard. I had no idea how hard it was. <laughs> I feel that way about entrepreneurship. It was pretty hard, but it's worth it. Just keep going. <laughs> Since we talk primarily about marketing on this podcast, obviously, tell me what were your biggest marketing issues when you when you went full-time, not so much when you were doing it on the side, getting it growing, but once you decided, I'm going to take the plunge, I'm going to do this 100%, what were your biggest marketing issues at the time? Some of the biggest issues, I think, are that people feel like they can do their own accounting or their own bookkeeping. They don't necessarily feel... Like they want to outsource for that and they don't want to spend the money on it. So my biggest challenge is always to explain people to, to people that bookkeeping is not data entry. A lot of people think it's just data entry and just, you know, you click on a couple of buttons. It's really not. It's an analysis and categorization of everything happening in your business. It's the language of your business. And if you're not doing it correctly and accurately, and chances are you probably are not, then it, there could be a lot of issues lurking. So it was convincing people to pay me money um, to do something that they thought that they could do themselves. The way I got, got around some of that is to offer more of a service rather than I really wanted to understand people's pain points and offer a lot more to them than just bookkeeping. So I offer what I call strategic accounting and financial reporting and CFO work. So I always call myself the CFO your business needs and can afford. <laughs> I like that. I know personally, like I said, even though I can do some accounting, I don't want to. It's not my forte. Obviously, as I was getting started, I was having to do it myself. 
and at some point I jumped in and decided that I was going to outsource that piece. And a friend of mine is actually an accountant. She's not doing mine anymore, so we may need to talk a little bit. But I, I don't have a lot of transactions usually in a month until now, until I started adding some of my courses. It was one-on-one -on -one client work, and I only keep a small handful of direct clients a month. But just not having to worry about it, she took my expenses directly from, I had my bank tied to the yeah. system. She categorized it all. She would send me magic reports at the end of the month, and she would tell me things that she noticed that maybe I needed to you know, pay attention to. It could be something as simple as, you know, wow, look, your sales increased this amount this month. Or I noticed that expenses increased in this one category, which is unusual. All those things that I didn't have to think of anymore. And then at the end of the year, magically, more of reports came for my taxes. Yeah. It was the best thing I ever did. The money I spent on that expense was well worth it because it freed up so much more of my time. I had to spend more time on it than she ever did because she's an expert at it. And yeah. It allowed me to do those things that I'm good at in my business, which is helping people with their marketing. People don't realize as soon as you outsource something to an expert, it frees up so much time. I occasionally run into that same argument with marketing. People think, I can post on social media myself. I, I can do this. I can send an email. Yes, you can. But there's also a benefit of having a very strategic approach to it, very focused, someone who knows what they're doing and you're not having to spend the time on it. So I understand yes. both sides of that one completely. I'm a big fan of outsourcing, especially for entrepreneurs. You have to wear a lot of hats. Doing bookkeeping and accounting can be really dangerous uh, because if you don't have accurate information, you really have no idea where your business stands. It's expensive to get it fixed. And I do um, QuickBooks cleanup, so I know that it's because it's a lot of work, uh, the scope of work increases dramatically when you have to do a cleanup for someone. So it's much better to know. And then you can be tax compliant. You can reduce your tax liability. Everything is ready and set. There's no worry. Uh, it's just great. It's very stress-free. I love stress-free myself. We talked about what your marketing issues were when you got started. Has that? Do you have different marketing issues now? And how has COVID-19 impacted your business in general? So I think that if, if there was no COVID-19, my marketing challenges would have been a little bit different. I started looking at the clients that I had and decided I needed to have a different assortment of clients and not just all one type of client. So I work a lot with smaller clients and I have a few large clients, but I needed a few, I needed to balance that out with a few larger clients as well. And as I'm getting more confident and as I'm getting more experienced, now I'm a QuickBooks Platinum Pro Advisor, and as well as I know uh, several other uh, accounting software and other platforms and apps that work with QuickBooks, as I'm getting more experienced, I am targeting larger uh, clients that um, are higher dollar. So now that's kind of pivoted also with COVID. I was closing about a new client a week in uh, as of January, February, and then in March, I started closing two to three new clients a week. And then COVID started mid-March, and that momentum just suddenly halted. No one wants to talk about helping their profit if they're not making any money uh, or if they're making significantly less money. So I'm helping uh, clients now understand how much cash they have on hand, 
how much cash they need to have on hand, making projections, sales projections. I'm helping people get their packages together for the loans and working through the loan process. I've actually had even new clients hire me specifically just to help them with the loans. It's free to do them yourself, but a lot of people don't want to have to deal with the hassle. It is a hassle. Uh, and that way, I'm the middle person and I can uh, guide them through the entire process. Uh, I had to pivot in that direction. I gave away a lot of time. I was working 17-hour days when the first legislation came out, especially the $2 trillion legislation when that one came out. I was working about 17 hours a day just answering questions for people getting on different groups and working with entrepreneurs. Everybody was scared and there was a lot going on and, and a lot of people that were very unhappy. So I spent a, t a ton of time just helping people navigate through that just to help out. And that's what I've been working on. So the marketing now is not a matter of I'm going to help you grow your business. I can still help you grow your business, but I'm going to help you survive right now and then thrive later. Excellent. So you mentioned a couple points that you're helping clients focus on right now. How much cash on hand? You mentioned a couple things. Mention those again because our audience obviously is important things for them to focus on themselves. So like your top three or four things in their business financial health that they should pay attention to right now. So it's very, very important. Uh, we were in a growth economy before. Now we're going to be in a survival economy for a while. When you're in a growth economy, not having accurate financials and not really looking at your bottom line, it's important, but you can skim by because you can just cover all that up. If you're making a mistake in how much you're charging or if you have, your expenses are too high, you can cover that those issues up with just getting more business. Now that we're not in that type of economy, it's going to be more important to be very accurate. Uh, you're going to have to know exactly down to the penny your job costing, for instance, your return on investment if you are investing in other services or uh, education or things for your business. So you're going to have to really understand how everything impacts your business because we're going to have to run really lean as companies for a while. And the ones that understand their numbers can run really lean and also be able to forecast their cash. So say, this is another very important piece. I have several clients that lost 100% of their revenue because everything that they did touched people. For instance, the gyms and the restaurants, the photographers, event planners, they've lost all of their revenue right now. Uh, and so to help them understand how much money they have right now, what their expenses are, and how many months they have, to live off of that and, and think of strategies on how to increase that time period until they can make more revenue. That's key to surviving uh, the economy right now. If we all go back to work sooner than later, that's fantastic. You, you end up even better off than you were before. <laughs> I've seen those strategies work out through the last kind of recession that was caused by the, the housing crash. And yeah. solid things that we were having to watch that very closely at the corporation where I was working, all of those pieces. And wasn't me having to do it, thank goodness, because then I was the CMO, we left that to the CFO. <laughs> I'm going to let you ask me a couple of questions now, but before we do that, I want you to tell people how they can reach you if they are interested in any of these services you offer or, or just want to find out a bit more. I did want to also add that there is hope. I don't want to sound like it's, it's all downward spiral. It's totally not. Many people have become millionaires in, in difficult economies. 
and uh, we will still all thrive and we're still going to make it. And that's what I'm hoping for everybody and that's what I'm trying to help with. The way to get in touch with me is you can uh, find me on my website, ZacharinConsulting.com. Uh, I'm also with the same name on Facebook, or you can find me under Grow Your Bottom Line on Instagram and LinkedIn. And then, of course, my email, Natalia at ZacharinConsulting.com. And we will include links to those down in the description, depending upon where people are watching or listening, they'll be able to find those links if they look down in the description. So now is your turn. You can ask me a question. It can be about marketing. I can give you some advice or anything. Just open it up. Anything you want to ask me, it's your turn now. I think because we are going through this unprecedented time, and it's, it's hard to even believe what we're going through, how would you approach people with your marketing? Because now it's a very, I think the marketing has to be maybe more empathetic. What, what are your feelings on that? Definitely people are having to pivot their messaging. And I did a live video on my Facebook page and group about this actually just last week talking about how you need to go through and look at not just the things that you're posting on social media or emails that you're sending out because most of the time you're doing that live and you can edit as you go. But people also need to go back and look at static things like their website. We tend to use fear as a marketing tactic. It's not my favorite one, but it does have its place, like fear of missing out if you're closing a deadline for a program. Makes sense, obviously. But right now, if your copy went too much into the fear realm, it would definitely be something that you'd want to tone down a bit. Also, there's some words right now that would come across really insensitive if you had make viral content, the word viral probably wouldn't be what you'd want to use right now. Or killer copywriting skills, that might be insensitive. So I'm telling people to pivot their messaging. If you are normally very funny and maybe sometimes even inappropriately funny, depending on what your business is, you may want to tone that down a little. Or for those who are a little bit more doom and gloom, they might want to switch to a more slightly positive message. You don't want to go too far off brand. Hopefully you set brand messaging, but it is very critical because we're all under different stress, even if we're not conscious about what that stress is doing to us. And so we are taking in those messages very differently. The other thing I'm recommending, people who have traditionally had one-on-one, face-to-face, brick-and-mortar, everybody has the capability of selling something online. We've revamped a course we had to actually let people develop that type of product, helping them pull out their expertise, turn it into a digital product in five days. Our course is five days long, and literally you can go from the idea to selling it if you put work into it in five days. Just because a business has traditionally been in person and their store is closed and they're at home and they feel like lost and that they can't do anything, there is hope. They could literally start doing something right now to bring in maybe not the same level of income that they had when their store was open, but some income. And then this is a piece that can keep having residual income, a second income stream for their business, which is always valuable as well. 
So really, those are the two key things right now. You need to pivot your messaging, and you want to look at a creative, different income stream if your income streams have been kind of cut off or paused, and tons of resources out there to do both of those things. Very good advice. Uh, I, I completely agree. Some people, it seems like they're relaxing, they're baking things, they're uh, remodeling their homes. Um, I think this is a great time to actually really uh, build momentum with your business and, and keep uh, going out there and, and making connections and networking and finding your voice and your brand and understanding what you bring to the table. Exactly. Um, and, being, yes, and being seen as an expert in your field. Yeah, plenty that can be done right now, even if, if you're actively, by choice, taking some downtime, which is always a good thing to refuel. There's still things that you can do that won't take you a lot of that time that will put your business in an even better place, like you had mentioned earlier, an even better place when you do resume your normal activities to have an even better impact. All right, any final thoughts? Just that I think that Anything that you do now to help your business grow uh, when I feel like the floodgates are going to open in some regard and there's going to be a lot of competition and it's going to be a little crazy. So anything that you can do right now to learn more, to position yourself better uh, will just help you in the long run because we're very resilient. Our economy will be resilient. It's going to be a little tough. I think it's actually not going to be that bad, except that it's going to be different. So we have to be able to pivot and be very nimble. As entrepreneurs, we just have to be very nimble and understand uh, what is needed and how to make those changes, just like you were talking about earlier. And that's always good advice, no matter if you're in a good economy, entrepreneurs still need to be nimble and be able to pivot. So it's yes. been so great having you with us today, sharing your wisdom. You've given some great tips on pieces to look out for in a business on their bottom line right now and some ideas of services that entrepreneurs may not even realize that they need but that they really do. So I hope that they connect with you. And as always, if you have any marketing questions, you can drop your questions in the comments down below or you can visit our website, vickiwoo.us. In the bottom right corner, there is a chat icon you can ask your questions there, and we'll either try to answer you directly, or we may use your question on an upcoming episode. 